Well, folks, with the Wayfield Report in its fifth season and me starting my 14th year of podcasting in 2021, I figured now would be as good time as any to start a Patreon page for the podcast. And I know everyone these days has a Patreon page who is a podcaster, but let me tell you what you're going to get if you decide to join the Whitfield Report Patreon. At the one level, at the one dollar level, you'll simply be uh, contributing. That'll simply be a way of saying thank you, uh, and I appreciate it, but that's that. However, at the three dollar level on up, you're going to be getting access to an exclusive uh, podcast that I'm hoping to do weekly called the Savage Express Podcast. And on that podcast, exclusive to Patreon subscribers and supporters, I'll be covering music and movies and pop culture and personal anecdotes in ways that uh, I can't cover on uh, YouTube or traditional podcast platforms. I'm hoping to do this every week. I might not, but it'll certainly be a longer-form podcast uh, for those types of topics, if you're interested in that sort of thing. And uh, I also might be re-releasing some uh, episodes of the Whitfield Analysis, my old podcast, re-releasing the back catalog, as it were, uh, digging out some of the old video clips that I've had an archive for years and posting all of that exclusively to the Patreon site for you guys. It's going to be a good time and uh, there are a couple of different tiers you can join in at. Uh, I understand if you can't join the Patreon, but if you're, if you're able to uh, financially support the show and you want to help out, joining the Patreon would be the best way to do that. So I encourage you to go to patreon.com forward slash Whitfield Report and sign up on one of the tiers today. And uh, again, folks, I want to thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And hopefully uh, I can look forward to your financial contribution, which I deeply appreciate as well. God bless, folks, and uh, God freedom amongst see in that order. Benjamin tried to poison my lasagna. That's how you're going to try and diss someone in a wheelchair? By saying that the wind blew them over? That's the, uh, that's your slight jab at me, buddy? Nice try. Must be nice to try and make, uh, jokes like that. Found out about own Benjamin and the Unbearables. I can't remember exactly who told me about them. It, it might have been one of them who had who had reached out to me actually. Long story short, in, in like March of 2018, I was looking to, of course, continue building the show, and I was looking for a group of uh, networkers, uh, kind of a like-minded creative conservatives, 
And, uh, you know, I was told about the unbearables. I, I found out about Owen through the, uh, the JRE podcast. To be honest, I wasn't really a big fan of him comedically. Like, I thought he was okay, but he wasn't, you know, great. But I kind of liked what he was doing with the whole, you know, anti-trans kids thing. That really spoke out to me. And in the beginning, the Unbearables seemed to be a great uh, network. You know, people who were doing uh, creative stuff like art and design and podcasting and video production, parody, songs, musicianship, in the case of Chuck Boris, and just late night streams, which was how the I met the original DZ guys. Of course, John Neary was my first uh, interview for the brief period of time I was with the Bears. But here's the thing, Owen, Owen's not even a conservative. He's a fucking leftist, posing, he, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. How, how? Oh, how dare you! Owen is doing the shit that mass shooters do before they go and do a school shooting. Here's my manifesto. We need to get rid of the weak people. And I'm not saying he's going to be the one to do this. Uh, an Australian man he murdered his wife with a pair of scissors stabbed her in the chest. This is a warning to the general public about Owen Benjamin. We warned you. Oh, 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 oh how dare you! Must be nice. <laughs> According to him, the goat urinated on him first in front of Amy. <laughs> all this, all this gay talk is pissing off my German Shepherd. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. Good evening and welcome to tonight's edition of the Whitfield Report. Sorry, we're uh, so late starting. We were supposed to start over an hour ago uh, at 10. But long story short, uh, YouTube and uh, Google and all of those weirdos... Uh, Kevin Dugan says, check my mic. Really? Already, Kevin? You, there are mic issues? I'm not I'm not yelling at you, Ke Kevin. I'm just, I'm pissed with the YouTube and everything already. Uh, anyway, um, is this any better? Um... Anyway, thanks for uh, joining me and joining the show. You can follow me on Twitter and uh, Instagram at somebody underscore NDC. Hashtag uh, Whitfield's Report. You can follow me on uh, you can follow me on Gab and Minds at Sam Whitfield's no longer on Parlor. Uh Yep, Parlor is dead. The thesandwithfold.com is my website and uh Facebook.com forward slash the Whitfield Report and also uh, for the time being, you can still donate to streamlabs.com forward slash 
the Whitfield report, and we deeply appreciate that. And uh, I am joined by the uh, good gentleman over at Versa Media, who they've been on uh, mute on stream for the past couple of minutes, but uh, and I have been I've been hanging over there on their stream, so we're kind of simulcasting. So, uh, gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. All right. You're sure smell a lot like flowers. <laughs> Are well, the YouTube just... gonna take my shit off if I do that? Because I was, because uh, I was, I was doing a hanky poo thing. Anyway, whatever. I mean, hey, uh, if you're if you're imitating Herbert the pervert, they're probably gonna allow it on YouTube. Well, it's not Twitter. <laughs> it's close. Remember the kids stuff they used to have on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, tw- like YouTube actually has a pretty good job of taking shit like that down. But Twitter, you know, I don't know. But I think, I think if it's just me impersonating somebody, I don't think that, I don't think that should count because, like, oh, it, 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 it doesn't shouldn't. like it shouldn't because I'm, I'm that fucking funny. Let's go like, copyright claim by fucking like. We're copyright and claim because you shouldn't have impersonated that person. Like no, you, okay. So legally, it's it's transformative art. Okay, it, so it's transformative art doesn't mean shit to YouTube too anymore. Yeah. They they've I've gotten copyright strikes for supposed transformative. Susan would jisky that old fucking bag. All right, <laughs> but anyway, we were just ranting about Parlor though and how stupid they are. Well, they are fucking idiots. Grossly fucking morons. Even if they come well, back, who would, would want to get it at this point? What do they have that Gab doesn't offer? Yeah. They have they, a they... shittier UI. They have shittier data management. They have shittier CEOs and management. That's that's what they have that Gab does. Go, go well, on, going from Gab to Parlor is like leaving filet mignon for some fucking beef jerky. That's... The only thing that Parlor had at that time was that they weren't banned yet, and yeah. now they lost that. So and and yeah, they had the apps and they had the people. And they now ha- and they, they have no app, no people, because they have no site. And they had fewer neo Nazis too. Then that's true. Actually, actually, you know what? Uh, being on Gab, I haven't really seen. I haven't really seen the fucking neo Nazis that everybody says were uh, is on the fucking platform. Like I've, I've I've yet to see anything like wild and crazy on the fucking platform. Like well, it, I've seen it on Telegram. I've seen weird shit on Telegram that's because yeah, Telegram has a far greater problem with that. Like yeah. without doubt, with Gab because there's been this mass migration from parlor to gab Mm -hmm. the normies have outnumbered the crazies and so it's more of how you'd expect it and it it would be for a free speech platform yeah i mean all all i do is look and i i love i love gab i i'm ever since i left twitter and i've been on gab it's been fucking glorious um and all I do is just I make jokes and people laugh and and we have a good time like like you know I some some somebody wrote somebody wrote a like I'm not a beekeeper yet but I want to re- help repopulate the bees what should I do whatever 
and I had to be a dick and I'd be like, look, I heard that feeding them every any flower except for the wither flower will help repopulate the bees. Yes, that was a really shitty Minecraft joke, okay? Well, at least the wither flower. Well, at least some at <laughs> least someone's able to make jokes in in these uh troubling times. So, gentlemen, since the last time we spoke, we have a new I don't even know if I can call him president at this point. More like oh, the, the, Don't be a cure. Don't be a, a No. No, no, it's... no, no, no. Fuck <laughs> fuck those people. Fuck It's, it's really Trump in a mask. It's not really. Yeah, it's not really. He's not really president, man. It's like a covert operation. Come on. And No, I I could case off. It's Trump in a mask and a, and a body suit. That's what happened. No, no, no. Have you seen this, Sam? Like, they literally, and I'll tell a personal anecdote of this. They literally think it's the movie Face Off. I, I, like, they I, literally think that. I know. I, 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 I fucking, <laughs> look, I've, I've heard, I, I, I think you actually like my tweet on this, but I <laughs> shit you not. I heard from one of my neighbors who isn't a Q, who shall remain nameless. I I know he listens to the this show, so you know who you are, but for God's sakes. Okay, okay, so the latest Q theory is that like so Trump's so Trump lives here lives here in Florida, right? So No, he doesn't. He's uh he's in the White House. Well well we are <laughs> no, we are to believe that when Trump left Washington and came came to Florida. We are to now believe that uh, that that uh, that Palm Beach or wherever Trump lives is now the U.S. capital, and that Trump <laughs> and that Trump is running the entire country <laughs> from here, and that uh, all those. Uh, all those National Guardsmen and and Marines and the armed forces in D.C., they're just on standby, waiting for Trump to give the order to retake the White House. Then why oh, really? The, cube, the people who stormed the Capitol, then, like, why would, why would they be arrested if this conspiracy took place? <laughs> It's all Dude. part of the plan, Alex. Don't yeah, question I'd it. I'd love to talk to one of these few people about, yeah. like, who actually believes in this. Don't know, brother, but, you know, trust the plan. And, and you know. There's a plan in place, man. You gotta trust it. I mean, honestly, at this point, I am actually amazed at how, like, I'm not... Like, I'm not even mad at the Q people anymore. Like, I'm genuinely amazed at this point, like, how they can keep this ruse up. And, like, they buy their own stuff, too. That's the, that's the even, that's the even more amazing part. They, they literally all believe this, uh, you know, this myth that they've concocted. And it's getting worse. Like... I, we were even talking about, I was like, where does Q go after the election? And it's just, it's like, it's stuck. It's it's in limbo. I have an anecdote for this, too, because 
a few days ago, as you guys know, and audience, if you don't know, I worked on the 2020 campaign for Trump. So I have my phone number still in the hands of a lot of Trump voters and Trump volunteers and non-volunteers that said they would do stuff, but didn't. And one of those people that does have my number, I don't even remember who he is. He said, hi, this is Joe Schmo. Um, call me back when you get the chance because I didn't pick it up. I think he called and I was sleeping. And I'm like, I don't recognize this name, but I'll, I'll call you back. You know, I mean, he's like, yeah, I'm a Trump school remember from Lancaster. Call me back. Okay. I call him and he's like, I just wanted to get your thoughts on things because, uh, you know, this um, this uh, craziness that's been happening. Uh, there's a you know what's really going on right i'm like oh fuck <laughs> whenever you get those people they're like do you know what's really going on you really know he's like you know the, everything you send to me is all why and i'm like yeah okay yeah yeah i guess yeah he's like well you know you like have you seen what's been happening down there there's a military coup happening i'm like um it's a little hype. Like, I'm just thinking this because he didn't let me speak, of course. Uh, and I eventually had to jump in. But he's like, you know, there's a military coup happening right now. And they're preventing Biden from being the president. That's why they're down there. I'm like, what the fuck? Did you just see the inauguration? Did you see the hand on the book? Did you see him in the Oval Office? And uh, Did you see Trump saying uh, uh, that he's leaving and it's over? But he goes further. He said the inauguration's fake. Trump is still president. And he said, did you notice that Biden isn't using Air Force One? I'm like, what? And I was like, I think that, and this is why I could speak. I was like, I think that's because it was during the inauguration. That's when Trump was down. Uh, the, the Air Force One was flying Trump to Florida. Like, we saw that on TV. So that's why Brian, Biden was using a private jet. He's like, he's like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I was like, I think that's gonna switch over. And I was like, no, I don't know. I mean, you can believe that, but that's not what that's not what I'm seeing. And then I told him, well, Biden's in office because, like, didn't you see all those executive orders he signed? And he goes, I don't know, man. Those are all fake. They're not on the federal registry. I'm like, really? You, you maybe there's I don't know a little bit of delay. Maybe there's some time. Maybe not everything gets put in there instantly. He's like, it's not there, so it's fake. And I kept going back and forth with this guy for like a good minute because I was trying to like be nice, but he's like, what do you think? I'm like, it's over. It's done. And he's like, no. He's like, he literally thinks Trump is still president. He says it was a fake inauguration. <laughs> it was a fake executive orders. And he thinks Trump is still president. And he thinks the military. Do you think the military would let Joe Biden become president? I'm like, uh, I don't think the military has a say in that. I think the American people do, and Congress certifies those results. He goes, Congress doesn't certify the results. Congress doesn't have the final say. You think Congress does, not the military? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's it. Then he eventually like gave up. He's like, okay, well, you can see things that way. Goodbye. I was like, bye. Dude, some of these people are so fucking. I'm trying. 
trying to refrain from using harsh language, but <sighs> retarded really stuck. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if Hollywood was smart, they'd go and hire these cute people to go and make movies. Dude, like they—that's that, some very good movie material. I think it'd be a good movie. Dude, that um, that—that's that's what I've been saying. Like, yeah, like a. Okay, so admittedly, I yeah, this is the other thing I've got to give the Q people credit for. Like, like if you read the if you read the Q stuff, like it's it's like the best science fiction slash like political thriller, like you know stuff you you will have ever read in in a while, right? If you if you look at it as fiction, it's pretty damn good, but. I mean, to think that people actually, like, legit buy this, and this this is the thing, is, like, I, I know that obviously there are lots of conservatives, that, you know, like us, who think it's retarded, and there are lots of people who, who don't buy it, right? But there are enough people out there that do buy it, that, like, it could seriously... I mean, it's already kind of fucking with, you know, the MAGA movement and whatnot, because everything that we've built, so to speak, over the last, you know, five years is slowly being co-opted by, you know, these conspiracy freaks who, Uh you know, like, and like and even there are even cute people in Congress. There's that there's that one um there's that one senator. Let me try and pull up the uh the tweet. Yeah, Majority Green. Yeah. I keep trying to smear her as cute, but I don't really know if she's actually believes that stuff. Well be Oh, okay, well well I well I'm hoping that she I'm hoping that she doesn't because everything I've read, like even from some of the more, you know, conservative blogs on our side have said that she's, you know, that she does mm-hmm. believe in Q. And something tells, like, she she kind of, um, there's something a little off. I think there's something a little off about her. Like, whenever I hear her speak, like, in an interview or something like that, I'm always like, Is there is there something off about her? Like I, I I'm I'm. What do you guys think, man? Because I'm like I I look. Not, do you ever listen to somebody and you think like something's just not quite right? I you don't want. I don't think they're nut. I don't think they're really nutty per se. But there's just something that's not like. So there's, I haven't there's really something seen a little off. off, just a little off. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't really seen a lot of her. I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen headlines, and she cracks me up. Honestly, I I'd have to do a dig bigger, deeper dig to get a final opinion of her. But yeah. I love that she's pulling out articles of impeachment against Biden. I think that's great. That's fantastic. It's not going to go anywhere. That's not the point of it. The point is like, okay, you guys can do this. Well, we're going to do it too. You know, I, I do give her some credit where credits due. I'd have to see where. Um, how deep she goes into the Q shit. Because I mean, the, the media is trying to frame everybody as a Q supporter, as a Q cultist. And that's what's and so annoying. 
Exactly. And I think Alex Jones was right in this recent video he did where he said that Q has discredited a lot of the true stuff in Pizzagate and other stuff. Exactly. Like, you bring up one, you bring up, like, one legit, you know, like, and look, like, ten years ago, I thought Alex Jones was crazy, right? But... And I'm not necessarily even against people questioning their government. By all means, I think people on both sides question the government. I think questioning things is good. But but the problem with Q is, is it takes, like, you know, questioning and having, like, healthy skepticism and, you know, takes it to, uh, you know, a hundred and, you know, and two. Um takes those things and shoots them in the ass with steroids like, yeah it goes off the spectrum like it just goes stupid and i'm just i mean it's 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 a little like i'm not trying to sound like a leftist because this is what the media keeps saying but like it is a little frightening to see ju- i mean i don't think it's that big i really don't think it's that big I think it's less than five percent of republicans but it's like it doesn't take a lot of stupid people to do something stupid and it's infuriating i mean i'm talking to these people like i literally talked to a guy because he starts saying well you need to look at other sources i'm like dude i fucking do okay i like what do you think i do like he's like oh you need to i listen to like general flynn and um steve trudeau i'm like yeah yeah i know those guys i follow them on gab and then he what goes and also Linwood. Linwood's a great place to start. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I literally told him, I was like, yeah, I looked at him, but when I saw him tweeting some like Q anon stuff. I started like, you know, uh, not looking at him as much. And he didn't comment any of that because I was trying to figure out if he was a Q guy, but he obviously believes their stupid stuff. But dude, it's it's so freaking. This is why people call them Q tards. Like, I just don't. Like, well, and, like, how do you think Trump is still president? Yeah, and it's and it's like I even told you know my my neighbor who's into Q. I'm like, look, I would love for Trump to still still be president, right? I I would I would love to be able to you know wake up tomorrow and have this all be you know a big you know misunderstanding, but it, but it's not. And the, I mean, the other thing with Q2 is when you, when you ask them for like evidence of whatnot, they always go back to, well, just trust the plan, right? At least, at least with Alex Jones, right? If you're skeptical of him, like even when I was skeptical of him, even if you don't necessarily think his sources are legit, at least he fucking provides sources and provides stuff that you can uh you know um you know look up like he has he cites his sources he has receipts the q people have nothing but fortune cookies on the internet they have they have they have well they do have documents supposedly which i i've gotten a few of these documents on you know and in like my email but they they look like uh they look like stuff that you know could easily be spoofed in Microsoft Word or something you know if if you like know how or you know like in 
or in like a layout, you know. Thing. Bro, you gotta send us that shit. I I don't I don't I don't fucking I, I don't think I have those emails anymore. I del I delete <laughs> I deleted them, but like and and that's the other thing. I'm like when these people were sending me emails, I'm like, really? You're sending me you're sending me documents that are classified to my uh to to an inbox that like forwards to my, you know that like forwards to my Gmail account. Like why would you even be sending me these documents over regular email, right? I know. It's like and look, I even just posted this in chat. There's a dude at some rally and he has on the back of his uh high visibility jacket, trust the plan with QAnon. The calm before the storm, I guess. Yeah, calm before the storm, like and he's got that cryptic like link thing that W and those numbers thing. It's a call. It's so freaking weird. WG1WGA, whatever that means. Wigwa? WWGA or whatever. Yeah. We go, we go all is WWJD. Yeah, GTA. WWJD, man. Oh, God. The f- it's so weird. How did they have, like, I want somebody to, like, we were talking about, like, papers and theses, but somebody really needs to explore the psychology behind Q. Well, part... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think part of it is that, like, it it goes on those grains of truth. It's vague enough like a fortune cookie that you can put your own answer or meaning into it. But it... I think it really is... It gives people false hope. And I think the intent of it is to keep people as sheep. That's what the trust the plan thing is. Yeah. It's like... Oh, no, 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 don't worry. Don't do anything. Just trust the plan. Stay home. You don't need to vote. You don't need to be active. You don't need to protest. Stay home. Trust the plan. It's false hope used to keep uh, Republicans from doing anything. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I hate to be this guy, but I think... I think you might be a psyop, like a psyop op or something, because think about it. It's it's obscure. I mean, it's obscure as fuck. Nobody knew what it even was five years ago. Hell, no one even know mo. No one even knew what it was like three months ago, for the most part. Um, you know, and it, it's just it's been building and. Q's, Q's been around for a long time, man. It's like yeah. 2017 at least. I remember on 4chan or whatever, I think it was 8chan, I still had those threads up there. And then I don't know how it spread to the boomers, but some lets to disseminate the forbidden knowledge to the to the old folks. It came through Boomer Book. Like that's what happens. It migrated from 4chan to through Facebook. Yeah, I um I mean, but see it's also like if you think about it this way, like if I were a leftist, QAnon would be the best way possible to basically discredit the the right. 
you know, it discredits like, the right, and it also discredits all critical, um, like the out of the box thinking about the elite, about the Epstein's of the world. Like it, it discredits all that. Yeah, I mean, remember? Yeah, exactly. Remember when? Um, remember when like people were questioning, like even normie people were like questioning what happened with Jeffrey Ep- Epstein, right? And that's the other thing that annoys me is like he was supposed to be all about like stopping pedophilia, right? And if you know, and it, and this is the other excuse I love. Well. If you're against pedophilia, then you must be for Q, right? And it's like, oh god. And it's like, of course I'm for stopping, you know, pedophilia. But the way you stop pedophilia, and by busting pedo rings, is by giving, you know, is by giving law enforcement the, uh, you know, the proper support, you know, and actually like calling the missing, you know, persons hotline and whatnot. Like, all these, you LARPers, like, LARP has, like, anti-pedo. I bet they're the same people who, you know, don't check the, uh, you know, missing persons list or something like, like that. Like, they're too busy LARPing online, you know, to actually, like, check what's going on with with their neighborhood. You know, like, maybe join the neighborhood, watch people, do something, you know, other than, like, post on, on message boards. Not everyone has a neighborhood watch, you know, especially after that Zimmerman shenango, you know. Do you guys know who Will Summers is? Yeah. He's writing a book on Q. Oh. oh God. Fucking academics making books on Q. It's gonna happen eventually. Fucking academics, man. Will Summer though is a far left. Hmm. They're on a really bad delay. Academics invade everything, man. They make everything seem like shit. Yeah, well, he's not really an academic. He's a uh, far lefty journo. Um, I think he works for Daily Beast, and he's known for, I think. Allegedly, I'd have to check less. I think doxing some conservatives, feeding stuff to Antifa. Like, he's a pretty scummy guy. Gavin McGinnis did a hilarious roast of him at CPAC, the one I was at. I think I can still find the video. It's somewhere, but it's so funny. What he he like how he uh, fucking roasted him, but it, it that's, that's funny. I'd have to. I might that his book might actually have some freaking merit to it. He's a total piece of shit, but like, oh, that's funny. It's like the one thing I might honestly have some agreeance, some agreeability on with the left is fucking Q. But they take it the wrong, or they take it to an extreme where they think we are freaking Q people if we question the government or question the elite. But, um, I won't. Uh, dwindle on Q too much unless you guys want to, but we'll probably close our stream on our end at around midnight, maybe a few minutes after. Yeah, did we ever we ever gonna go over that stuff with the the five best things Trump did and whatnot? Or you're not doing that? Yeah, sure. We can yeah, do that. We can do. Yeah, let's do that. Are you guys free to uh, stay on for the Whitfield report, or do you guys have other? 
stuff you've got to do. Um, we might be able to, because I know Phil and I were going to discuss some interesting developments that you, um, I think we might be able to tell you, Sam. I'd have to check with Phil, but uh, it's something that we need to discuss off air for now. But uh, we'll do the Trump segment real quick, and we can each go say five things we liked, five things we didn't like, or the five best things, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'll start with myself, though. Let's see. Five things I loved about Daddy, Daddy Trump. The wall, of course. He did build 500 miles. Yes, I appear to be like, oh, it's mostly repairs. But it was in places where there was, like, no wall, so it, it freaking counts. It's it's progress. It stopped a lot. Immigration was cut by 50%. So I think the immigration general, one of the things I loved, he did the best he can on that, given all the roadblocks he had with Congress, uh, screwing him over. Wish could have done more, but best he could. Number two, I'd have to say, um, I'll throw in the Space Force. I know it's a meme. I know it's very American, but I think it's awesome. It's future thinking. It's legacy, legendary stuff. And I think it's one of the things he'll be remembered for down the road number three i'd probably say the economy one of the best comedies you've ever had sadly covid killed it number four i'd have to say i guess you could say i'll say north korea because there's some historic breakthroughs with me with kim jong-un really cool stuff with that that we hadn't seen before and number five, I'd probably say, is his bashing of the media and his, I'd say, modern presidential anti-PC attitude, using Twitter, the combativeness with the press, giving them shit. Loved it. I loved it so much. I know it's not a policy thing, but it's such a important and effective cultural, social force of destroying the credibility of the media that's fantastic. Those are just five I can think of off the top of my head. I really love there's probably a lot more that I'm forgetting. I might find better stuff. We'll do a reevaluation next week. But things I didn't like, um I'd have to say like I, I guess his picks in his cabinet was probably the biggest problems I had. There were a lot to just were bad picks or didn't make sense or didn't work out. And I understand it's hard to hire people when he's an outsider, but I wish he could have fixed that a bit sooner. But I like my dislikes are things I understand, but I kind of wish could have gone better. Another dislike I say is his last minute pardons. I, I wish he could have done some more ballsier stuff. That would have been cooler. Um, like Assange or Snowden. Pardon, even though they probably really wouldn't mean a whole lot in all practicality, but it'd be a good middle finger to the establishment. Number three, I'd have to say, God, um, it's getting harder, honestly, because there's, I really don't have any big gripes. Like, I know a lot of people didn't like the bump stock thing, but I really, I really don't care about that. I, I guess I could say. I guess the tech censorship, but even that really needs to happen through Congress, and Congress wasn't behaving. I wish 
Maybe he could have treated more of Congress, but I don't fucking know what he could have done because Congress ain't going to do shit. So I guess that's my number three. Number four, I guess I'd say his early meshing with COVID could have been better and the communication with COVID at the beginning could have been better, even though I think the actions were great. And number five, God, it's getting harder. Um... I'm struggling. I'm not gonna lie. I can't think of a fucking fifth one. Um, or some of the things we were talking about before, Alex, that we may not have liked. I seem to um, agree. What about that last executive order he did? Oh yeah, where he reversed the lobbying thing, the lobbying ban. I still don't understand that. The only thing I think of is that his people were probably trying were struggling to find jobs, and that's why he did it. But it goes against what he was saying, and it was one of the things I really liked. So. I put that one on there. I really was disappointed seeing that. How about you, Alex? I tried my best there. Yeah, things I liked. Um, that tax cut that he did that gave me a thousand dollars in my pocket. I like the transparency with medical companies. I think that was a very good move from him. Um, you know, what else was there? Yeah, it got wall like. Well, it was all right, but I don't know if I put that up on number three, but uh, definitely, like, he actually talked about, like, limiting, like, H-1Bs, and he, like, worked on that, which I feel, honestly, is something very important people don't think about. Like, I, you know, I've seen a lot of companies, like, you have the witch companies, like, Infosys, Tata, you know, all these, like, Indian, out like, sourcing companies that'll abuse the H-1B system. And I, I feel that by, you know, putting some stuff in there to limit that was great because that's affecting our tech sector, you know, and, and these companies, you know, they manipulate stuff like that. Um, number four of the good things that Trump did, I would definitely say, um, you know, like seeing now, like that stuff with the um, limiting the prices of like the excess prices for the insulin. Yeah. The insulin like that, that was great. That's, and then that's the one thing which I wouldn't think that fucking Biden would go to eliminate, but he did <laughs> to make it look like shit. I mean, skin people pissed off and five, um, I would say his, like the whole sort of, you know, cultural stuff that he's done. Like he's been in support of a lot of people who, you know, like conservatives and stuff like the, the two, the, the couple who had their house attacked by black lives matter activists, like where they're going out in this lawn, like he supported those people and he, a lot of people were just condemning it and just praising black lives matter, but he was, you know, he could see through it that it was a political ploy. Now, on the other hand, like I'd say the, probably the number one thing that I thought was just stupid and got him no benefit was that that, that bump stock ban that and then it, like and I kind of lump it in there with the uh, like that's he was talking about like limiting or getting rid of uh, suppressors that that is beyond stupid when you basically attack your own base you're not making friends with people on the right you're you know you're you're hurting your diehard supporters and he's also not like the leftists aren't just like oh you know. Trump's all right, you know, he did this and that. No. That's not going to win you any friends on the on the left. 
That was a stupid decision. It hurt him in the long run. It got a lot of people who, you know, support him, who are very pro-gun to go, you know, maybe not vote at all or vote for a third party. I think that was beyond stupid. Um, the second thing that I really didn't like was his, um, you know, the the last thing he did with with aligned lobbyists he made that rule and then he just gets rid of it on his last day like i i didn't see an explanation from him i have heard no good explanation i don't know why he would do that that goes against a lot of stuff that he was talking about during the slump and you know screw like stopping you know the the lobbyists i think that was terrible number three i would say would be not raising the alarm more before the election happened. You knew there he knew there was gonna be fraud involved. I think he could have done more to prevent it before it happened. And I think by waiting till after to go and do all these lawsuits, that that wasn't the way to do it. You do your stuff beforehand, like especially in PA when you knew that they were sending in double ballots. Get your Department of Justice to investigate it. You know, and then kind of going along with that was some of the people that he hired. I think he had a lot of swamp beasts in there, and it seems like he just kept hiring and firing people, which to me, that that's not a good look. Like, there, there's a lot of people who helped him on the campaign trail, and that, like, you know, they, they were, you know, enamored by him and would go and, like, go through hell for Trump. And, you know, I, I and then, like, Bannon especially, like, I, I think that was a terrible decision to fire him. He's probably one of his, like, greatest supporters out there. He was probably more, you know, he he helped steer the MAGA movement. Before, like, he was essential. I, I feel, I feel that when he got rid of him, a bit of the, that killed a lot of the magic. Like, after that, he seemed like he's, start almost transforming like afterwards you know he wasn't the same after ban as he was before like in you know the trump that i voted for to a certain degree it seems like he, maybe the swamp got to him he came in with the best of intentions and i think you know i think he's still better than any other president in my lifetime at least but i feel like the trump of 2016 the and the trump of like 2019 were two different beasts you know I feel like a lot of that got sort of lost in translation. Um, I think, what was that, three? I think that was th three or four. You said bump stocks, um, the uh, executive order reversal, and, then and hiring, like the hiring stuff. Oh, yeah, the, the hirings, yeah. Hirings and firings. Um, well, for four... I would say the fact that, um, you know, with with the... Uh, net neutrality? Yeah, net neutrality, that was beyond... Like, I don't know why he went against that. That was not a good hill to die on. And that he should have, instead of promoting getting rid of net neutrality and with that Ajit Pai guy, you know, he could have promoted expanding it to conservatives. And that would have been... Maybe don't even word it like that. Just say, you know, for these big content providers, like, hey, you can't discriminate against people based off of, like, um, you know, your political viewpoints. I think getting rid of that, that really bit him. Like, you know, it really hit him in the ass because 
he got rid of a lot of that stuff, a lot of those protections from there. I don't know how much that would have actually affected him, but if he would have went for expanding it, I think that would have been better. And then five, I think he underestimated China a lot especially earlier on that should have been the main focus for a long time he did he had his like little trade war later on but by that point you know the election was very soon and you know what happened with that so i think if he would have paid more attention to china and made his foreign policy about that i think and you know definitely took a stand more a more strong stand like once he saw the uyghur muslim stuff start to go on I think that would have been good for him. I honestly do. So that would be my five and five. All right. Well, actually, one thing I forgot to add is overall, because I know you kind of hit at this, I would rate Trump as not just the best president of my lifetime, but one of the best of all time. Definitely one of the best Republican ones, better than Reagan. How would you rate him in terms of presidents? Oh, I think Reagan, you know, Reagan was terrible. I, I think he was terrible in a lot of ways. Like, he he did that dream act, and because of that, and he didn't fix the actual underlying problems, we still have that today. He had the Hughes Amendment, which basically made so only the rich can uh, purchase fully automatic weapons in the United States. You know, I, I really don't see why, the, why there's this, like, cult of Reagan. I, I think Trump's definitely the best of our lifetime, probably the only real conservative, especially cultural conservative, I can really think of maybe since Lincoln, or not Lincoln, um, Nixon. Jackson. Oh, Nixon, yeah. Yeah, like he's like, Nixon is probably like the last real conservative, but Trump, you know, he's better than him, definitely. I mean, he, you know, Trump actually survived his, first, at least his first impeachment. We'll see what happens with the second one. I think he'll be fine. <laughs> even then he's already a civilian, so what the hell does it matter, anyways? So would you say he's the best Republican president? At at least in in recent times. I mean, there's there's definitely some things I think he fumbled. I think he's not this god emperor that, you know, a lot of people Mm -hmm. thought he was when he came into office. I think the office, maybe it changed him. Maybe, you know, some things happened. I think he he was great. He's better than Reagan. But I feel that there was still a lot of stuff that I was kind of confused about what they did more of, you know, and, and the fact they did a lot of stuff through executive order, I don't like that. I think it sets a bad precedent, you know. I, mean, I actually like that in in the sense that he actually was able to do something. What I didn't like is that it wasn't permanent, it wasn't long-term. Um, I'll just say this real quick before we go to you, Sam, is that I think – he did mostly really great stuff. Not perfect, but frankly, if he was perfect, there's probably going to be something wrong with him because most politicians, most presidents are perfectly corrupt, perfectly evil, or perfectly against what we believe in. You know, when you think about it, 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 it I'm not making this as an excuse for anybody to interpret it this way, but the flaws in him show to me that for better or worse, he listens to advice, he listens to all viewpoints, he's not narrow-minded, he's open-minded, and he's human. I mean, it's a hard job. I know what it's like to be in leadership positions and you do some people don't like. 
And there are things I think, like the Homestock thing, I get the time why he did it. At the same time, though, it doesn't win him any votes. Did it lose him votes? I personally don't think so. I don't, and if it did, I don't think it was um, significant. I think it could be a handful of goofy libertarians, but I really don't think that was what people were going to uh, vote on on November third with COVID uh, everywhere and then wearing a mask. I don't think bump sucks were the thing. They were like, "Shit, I'm not going to vote for Trump." I really don't believe that. But you know, it'd be interesting to find out what the effect really was that, but. With China, I think he's done amazing with China, with the tariffs, with bringing jobs back and putting them in their place. But it's a short-term thing. Like if he had two terms, I think it's the other thing to consider. If he had two terms, really could have put that in China. But they, China was, was hoping Biden would win, and he did. So they kind of, China's playing the long game. And if he had a more cooperative Congress... I think his presidency would have been way more historic, way more cementing. I mean, I still think it's historic. I still think he did a lot of things that have huge long-term impacts like USMCA and pulling troops out of these countries and stabilizing things with North Korea. But if he had a cooperative Congress, could have had massive changes to immigration, massive changes to big tech. And we did have some big changes to immigration, like really big changes, but the Rays Act still wasn't fucking passed. It was like such a basic thing. Like English is the native language. Um, you know, more wall, all this good stuff. Mayor base immigration didn't get through. So, how about you, Sam? Well, I'm surprised no one has brought this up, but probably the number one thing that I love most about Trump is how he how he handled the media and just totally dealt with them and the fact that he lifted the veil on just like how corrupt Washington really is like even if you didn't like him you have to admit that like even if you didn't like him he he unveiled so much shit on just how most of Washington was that like nobody like you know nobody likes it and you can already see the media is trying to do damage control like you know oh now that Biden Biden's in power the government is working again but people aren't buying it uh so like just the way he handled the media just uncensored that way is probably my number my number one thing. Uh, number two thing, he got rid of, he fucking got rid of ISIS pretty much. Yeah, that's true. In his first, you know. His first year. Yeah, in his first year. And I know, say what you will about, uh, you know, General Mattis, but, you know, he was. That guy's he, become a real cuck. He he was he 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 has but at the time he was well I, well hold on though I want to say that Mattis has become maybe maybe politically he has but I mean Mattis is not a political guy he's a guy that you go and basically you know Mattis is a weapon 
you point him in a, in a direction and tell him to go kill, and he, he does that, and that's what Trump had him do. So at the time, he was the right man for the job, so I've got to give him credit for that. Uh, third, uh, Trump did wonders with, uh, you know, making the healthcare companies more transparent, uh, similar to what Alex was saying. Um, and then number four, the, the border wall, like you were saying, um, that was great. And then number five was the fact that he really reunited the conservative movement again. Um, and really that that in and of itself is a huge accomplishment um as far as things i don't like um i will admit that well while i like the fact that he was you know unapologetic towards the media i wish he had been a little bit more eloquent at times uh you know and kind of dialed back the you know it seemed like he was always in campaign mode and uh you know, it was funny. There were some moments where I was kind of like, come on, come on, Don. You can't turn it off for like five minutes. Um, and then number two, two was the bump stocks thing. And I'm not like a huge gun guy either, Sean, but just the fact that he did it kind of annoyed me. Um... Number three was the fact that he, I feel like he, that he could have done a better job maybe in like, you know, like he had to have seen the January 6th, you know, riots coming. And I feel like he let himself get blindsided by that a little more. Um, and then... Oh, number four, as far as things I don't like, it's uh pretty tough. But um I would have to say like letting Jared Kushner in the White House and uh you know, just that level of nepotism I, I don't know. Kinda seems shady. So and that's all I've got yeah, for things I... I don't like. With Kushner, I I know I'm. This is gonna be an unpopular opinion, but I'm not the biggest hater. Oh, I. I oh yeah, man. Everything negative. That's just all Kushner. Blame it well, on. Well, see, him. I, I. That's the thing. Like, I. You hear some things come out where Kushner's supposed to be pushed this and that, but like, I, I don't buy the idea that everything bad to come out of the White House was Kushner. Like to me, that makes no sense. And. He did do those peace deals, which helped stabilize things in the Middle East. Less involvement, less troops. Like, that shit's important. Those were historic peace deals that simmer things down. We don't have to be fucking, like, fighting there more. So, you know, it's less conflict, less chance of analysis. I, I like what he did for that, but at the same time, I've heard some shady stuff with, like, taking campaign money. So, I... I, I'm very mixed on Kushner. I, I'm not a hater. I'm definitely not a lover. But he definitely is a talented guy with ability. But I don't know. I, I don't think he had all the same intentions Trump did. 
No. And I think a lot of the bad things really the the the, the bad things that weren't executive orders or things he said, nine times out of ten. It's the fall of Congress, and I think Republicans are making a big mistake when they blame Trump for not doing X, not doing Y, when all those things can only be done through Congress. You need to put the blame at Congress, and I think that's the big mistake some of these more contrarians are making, saying, like, oh, Trump didn't build the wall. Trump didn't uh, crack down big tech. I'm like, what, what can you do about big tech? Like, what can a president do with his powers about big tech? I don't yeah. get an answer because most people don't know. I don't know. I The one I do know is that he really has limited power. Well, and then, and then the thing it is, too, on that subject, do you really want the president doing anything with, with big tech? Because, you know, and I know, I know, you know, obviously the – the the gut reaction is to say yes, you know, under Trump, but then it's like that's setting a dangerous press precedent then because then the then the executive office can do anything with it. So yeah, the big right. the big tech situation, like and that is where I, I give the the uh kind of the low the lobertarians credit. I don't like giving them credit for much, but I will admit that, you know, government intervention mm-hmm. in big tech, it is a slippery slope. No one can deny that. And so, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's it's a clusterfuck. Yeah, and I think, too, is um, the other thing people got to keep in mind, too, of uh, a lot of these, you know, authorities, especially these authoritarian right people, is... I tend to feel the way they do is like once you're empowered, it's like use as much as you can, get as much as you can. But you need to be careful because if you do it too much and start transferring more power to the executive branch, look, we just lost. You're giving that power to the other side at some point. It's only a matter of time. This time it was only four years. So, you know, you got to be really careful of that because then the other president can do a lot more damaging things to you because of that. So it's a tricky balance, hard balance, but you got to find it. You got to deal with it. And we got to get a more cooperative Congress. I think that's the biggest lesson coming out of this is the midterms are going to be more critical than ever. You got to get a cooperative Congress. That's actually MAGA and actually America first, not, not just tooting the horn, but they'll actually do it because that I think is where we, the voters, we, the, the supporters fail Trump is we didn't go out there we didn't get MAGA America First candidates elected in 18 and sweep the House and actually get some of the things Paul Ryan couldn't get done because he's Paul Ryan. He's established me. He's Mitt Romney's butt buddy. Like, th- this is where the MAGA troopers need to really reassess things. If we want to get DeSantis in, we want them to do stuff, you need to fix the Congress. I just can't emphasize that enough because it's basic civics. They make the laws. The executive branch enforces the laws. The president can't just go, oh, oh I'm going to you know, make Facebook and Twitter uh, public utilities. He can't do that. If he could, he probably would have. You know? oh, the president can't just go, well, I'm just going to uh, you know, make English the native language. I'm just going to uh, you know, uh, make it a merit-based immigration system. He can't do that. 
even with the wall thing, he had to, he couldn't just go on day one and be like, I'm declaring a national emergency and we're building the wall, like rediverting funds. He had to go through a government shutdown, no bills to justify doing that without getting so much shit thrown at him. And even that got dragged through the courts and it was finally able to be done. Like the amount of checks and balance on our system is great, but it also needs to, you know, for people that want to do shit, they realize there's a lot of roadblocks. It shit just doesn't get done. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean... That's my rant. I mean, look, the other big problem, and again, I hate to go back to Q, although this isn't necessarily a, a Q-specific rant, but I feel like in general, one of the big problems we ha- we had, a big problem that we had was the over was the overconfidence that Trump was going to win re-election, re- right? Like, like I, I don't want to say I told, I don't want to be one of those people that says I told you so, but like, there were people who were like, oh, Trump's got this in the bag. Like, you know, Joe Biden, who's going to vote for Joe Biden? And granted, there was a lot of fraud, but I also definitely feel like like maybe people like maybe Trump supporters were a little more overconfident than they should have been I don't know we just we there wasn't that same level of like we've got to win this like there was mm-hmm. in in 2016 like in in 2016 like people were people were determined to vote for Trump like people were getting out there like like you could you could feel the you could feel like the energy like almost like a desperate energy but like in a good way and yeah there were the maga rallies but i didn't feel like i didn't feel like we had the win at all costs attitude like we did back in 16 if that makes sense mhm no i agree there was some complacency and I still don't think that's why we lost, but we need to be careful of that because that's how you can lose. Definitely. I don't think Phil's here, but we'll have his two cents next time. And I guess we'll stay on because I can't talk all fair about with Phil. He's not here. But um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about or do? Well, if you guys want to... You guys don't have to stay on the versus stream, but I certainly have some topics I I want to, uh, you know, bring up. Just namely, first off, uh, you know, for the Whitfield report, um, uh, Biden is president, and it sucks. Did you watch the inauguration? Nope. Me either. I just saw the one part where that little girl was giving like saying this poem it was some like wishy-washy shit the only thing i saw were the were the birth and i didn't even see it live until like it became a thing but i started seeing bernie memes i started seeing like the bernie sitting in the chair memes and i'm like what is this and so i had to go back and look at that um And those were funny. Yeah. 
I mean, honestly, like, Biden's already, you know, screwing up big time, like, basically moving, like, the, the, uh, you know, the armed forces, like, off already, but he's still keeping them there, too, and what's that, what's that all about? Like, that gives me a bad feeling that, that they're still there. Yeah, there's going to be thousands. We were talking about this. There's supposed to be going to be thousands of troops still in D.C. till mid-March. Yeah, that's... uh, Something doesn't smell right. Yeah, it's really weird, honestly. And Phil was saying this comes right down to the mayor of D.C. who makes these decisions. Well, also, um, I mean, D.C. wants to apply for basically, like, statehood, which, in my opinion, is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to push for that. I think they're going to try. I don't know how much traction they'll gain, but they're going to try to make D.C. or some or Puerto Rico stay. Probably Puerto Rico is what they'll push for first. Um, in American Samoa, I could see him doing that. Um, but was there anything else you wanted to talk about, Alex? Because I know you were posting stuff in the news channel. Uh, let me go and take a look. That's what we got over there. Um, former ADT employees admits he watched customers have sex for years through their cameras. So that's a little bit awkward. Lovely. I I feel like I've seen that story before though. Like I I feel like every few years there's always like a story like that. Like some pervy security, you know, uh person watches people having sex. Yeah, this is for like ADT home uh, security systems, so that's a little bit a little bit awkward. Um, the, the new do we talk about the two mask uh, new standard that they're making because of uh, our little gay boy um, failed presidential candidate decided to go and wear two masks, and now people want that to be the new thing. You really oh, is that because of Booty Judge? Oh, yeah, f- oh, fuck no! It's it's hard enough to breathe with one of those things on, and and I'm sorry. I know Jeff the liberal will say it's it's not that tough, but trust me, it 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 is. Um, for me, like the first, I'd say like, uh, when we were when we started, it's like March, like March, April, May. I was like, like the first few months. Like guys grow up, this isn't a big deal. Like, I mean, Jesus, of all the hills, conservative dying on to wearing a mask. At this point, uh, how many? What a year later? Now it's starting to annoy me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah this is gay shit. Well, it's and it was like a in the same article I saw another one, a link to another article that says, "Is mask slipping the new man spreading?" <laughs> Dude, I see on women they if. They... Put their mask all the time. If that if that's the case, then I'm guilty. I'm guilty as fuck of it. Like, like I, 
like if I'm like in a super crowded area, like yeah, I'll I'll wear them. But if I'm if I'm like if I'm in my neighborhood, I don't I don't even wear one. Um, so like, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. And the other thing too about the double masks is I'm seeing Booty Judge is wearing. It could be an N95, but he's wearing a surgical or N95 and a cloth over. If you're wearing an N95, you don't need a freaking cloth mask over it. It's yeah, just some like elitist virtue signaling right there. It's like, oh, I... yeah. At that point, why don't you just wear like an actual gas mask? Because it's going to be more, it's probably more effective than these, you know, consumer quality masks. And, you know, you don't have to worry about like doubling or tripling up your masks. Because it has fucking filters. Yeah, it's like, oh, look at me with my two masks. I can, I can afford more masks than you. It's just so stupid. I and look, I'm like, I hate when people say like, well, why don't you just wear a mask? They clearly work. It's like, look, dude, the N95s work. Totally agree with you. But most people aren't wearing those. Most people are wearing cloth masks, which are the worst. The surgical ones, I think, are, like, decent. And and there's a lot of people wearing those. But I, I question how effective they really are if, if you don't have COVID. That's what we were first told. And obviously, we learn a lot more. But I think that still holds mostly true, that the masks are really effective with stopping the spread if you have it if you don't have it does wearing it help kind of but like if somebody sneezes and it goes in your eyes you're infected okay we should we should just be wearing gas masks like honestly you know that'll prevent your eyes that'll prevent your ears that'll prevent your mouth your nose like it seems like it's if you're gonna be wearing any masks Gas mask is probably the one to wear. Hey, yes, wear hey, a gas mask. Hey, Sunny, uh, welcome to the you know chat, and also hello, Alan, and hello. Uh, so we are finally getting some people in here, and uh, sorry about my meltdown earlier. Like I said, though, YouTube is being a YouTube is being a bit of a uh, a c word this evening. <laughs> Oh, speaking, we have a um, speaking of YouTube in our chat. Radio Freedom says, "Where is the cue balls ever moving goalpost at right now, Bruh, It's it's in Crazyville. It's in we we're talking about a bit earlier. They were thinking that it's from Face Off, where Bob's not the real president. It's actually Trump, and the the, the inauguration was fake. The executive orders were all fake, and trust the plan." He also says COVID didn't kill the economy the Democrats did. Yeah, pretty much. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sonny, you uh you missed kind of the beginning of the of the broadcast because we were talking about, about like all of these different people who involved with Q who still think Trump is is like somehow president, either, you know, through the whole like you know He's secretly like wearing a body, you know, like a Biden body suit and mask or like I heard that I heard some Q person say that he's running the government from Florida and just all this stuff. 
Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Also, uh, Sean, do you have an announcement that you want to make regarding a certain thing that you got? Um, was this something I told you before? Yeah. Oh, the, oh, oh, I know what mm-hmm. you're thinking. Okay. Yes, Sam is a lucky boy because he is going to be receiving a um a little delayed Christmas Christmas initially Christmas present but now a slightly delayed birthday present of a fabulous t-shirt that will attract ladies from all across campus and he will be opening it live he will be trying it on live and you will all see it on him and you will all love it and adore it so you'll see shirtless sam ladies get ready you'll see shirtless sam for a few minutes and then you'll see him in his new t-shirt so stay tuned for when that arrives so probably be coming in this coming week so buckle up buckaroos and uh also, in terms of announcements, real quick, Sean, I don't even know if you know this, but my uh, my fifteen, uh, holy crap, and yeah, I'm coming up on the big one five, I think, uh, on March twenty fifth. So we still have a ways off, but not too much. Uh, I will be celebrating fifteen years of podcasting. Um, I think nice. still relatively technically I've only had the uh, technically like I've only had this YouTube channel for like two years but if I'm including my entire podcasting career it's been 15 so hopefully in about five more years if I'm still on YouTube if uh, if mommy Susan hasn't kicked me off uh, before then, I'll be monetized. Yeah, you go. I hope you do get monetized. I know we're far away from that, and it's a tough one to get, especially now. You, you get hardly anything like you used to. Yeah. Oh, um. Oh, another story. Um. I think I posted this in Versa in the news section, but uh, basically the fire Gina Carano uh, hashtag is trending again. Yep. Well, apparently, and I'm not sure. Like the the intent of it is is sounds to be a little all over the place, but um, she was recently pulled from. A post or something they had where they swapped her out with Ahsoka. They claim it's because it's a new popular character, but some people speculate that's not really the intent. Well, so there are a few things that are going on from, from what I heard. Part of it has to do with uh, the fact that there's this new uh, series coming out on Disney Plus called Star Wars The High Republic, which is essentially, as near as everyone can tell, is just, like, it's supposed to be set, like, before the... It's supposed to be set, like, 200 years before, 
like a new hope so before the prequel joining all that but and before the old republic i uh, think uh it's no we're it's like it's like a bit after the old republic era but like before the prequel era so like yeah i think that's actually but basically every single reviewer i've i've basically like every comic guy i follow basically says it's it's basically like peak sjw and star wars the point where like it makes the sequel trilogy look based which is a joke so um so there were some uh critics that were basically like tweeting out criticizing the high republic book that has just come out for being to you know sjw and uh you know so disney sent out this tweet saying that like it's wrong that people are harassing you know this author and mm-hmm. L- lucasfilm stands for uh diversity and inclusion so in fact let me pull up let me pull up my tweet from earlier because i i think you guys you, we talked about this on one of your shows from a while back and also pozo was getting in this beef i was posting some articles i think it it was specifically i think it was about some of the um black supremacist stuff this person said and anti-white stuff and pozo oh yeah yeah beef all star wars fans okay so let me see uh Okay. The tweet was, our Star Wars community is one of the of hope and inclusivity. We do not stand for the bullying and racism. We support Christina Aurelia or Ariella. So. Yeah, and that's and that's the one who who I guess has written the book and who has also written this entire new Republic series. So then I went on Twitter and I I quote tweeted that this morning and I said. Uh, so please explain how erasing John Boyega from Chinese marketing is okay. Uh, letting the cancel culture mob go after at Gina Carano and keeping Pablo Hildago on board after he publicly mocked uh, Star Wars Theory on Twitter or uh, having an emotional reaction to Luke Skywalker. How is any of this inclusive? So, yeah, that that that's my that's my take. And I guess they also forgot James Earl Jones's birthday. He celebrated a birthday recently, and Lucasfilm said nothing about that. So, yeah, they they're really they're really inclusive. Yeah, I know it's so ridiculous, and they were. You know that that Pablo guy is a real jerk on Twitter, and it's extremely hypocritical. So, you know what? You guys are gonna get the hate you deserve for this High Republic comic, you know, shit show, and then the show that adopts it too. And they're gonna get a lot of hate for it. It's, the, it's apparently, like you said, worse than the sequels. The Ma- the Mandalorian is really the the it's really the only thing keeping, uh like star wars relevant right right now 
and I mean, I I hate to say it as a lifelong Star Wars fan, but like like a lot of people, I'm starting to lose interest in the franchise outside of Mandalorian. Oh, absolutely. Same with me. It's uh, it's just sad. I gotta get Alex to watch that Rise of Skywalker together. No, well, if if we do, we all need to do it drunk, or we need to like. You know how Sean is. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I can't participate okay, in that. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, can we get you higher, son? Because oh, be- there, that's that's a story. Be- because. <laughs> Because no, I've never been high for anybody. Because else. Sean, like forcing you to watch like the Rise of Skywalker sober, that just seems like you're my friend, and I don't want to be cruel <laughs> to you. So, and put me under that torch. I I wouldn't I wouldn't even make Apex watch that sober. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's rough. I mean, I have the Disney Plus one of these nights. Alex We're, and I, we got to do a Discord stream and and subject ourselves to that monstrosity. Well, count well, well, count me in. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for that. So, oh, you can hop in too, and you'll have a, you'll have a, an, a uh, kind of the same experience I will with with um Last J, which is like you think it's bad the first time. And then you watch it again, and you find more things wrong with it, and you realize it's even worse. Like there, there's just like this one stupid thing. Like this isn't a spoiler, but it does this one really stupid thing where they get this knife, and it matches up with a particular thing, like the pattern of it. Something that's been destroyed, and there's a wreckage of it. It's the most. Pro- preposterous thing like preposterous and it's made the cut into this movie yeah. sam's still alive yeah i'm still i'm still here all right um i'm letting you run things now since you said since the witch reports on yeah i mean so Basically, I mean, where where do you think we? Uh, my question is for you, though, Sean. Where do we go from here as far as the uh, as far as the Republican Party, as far as the culture war? Where do you see us going from here? Because, like, I've been trying to think about that. I've been kind of looking at my show notes on my phone, and here it is, like, almost one in the morning, and. I'm still like I try I try and be the optimistic guy but honestly I am kind of coming up with blanks other than to just laugh my ass off at everything that happens mm. for the next 4 years. Well, we were talking about this a little bit earlier and I think it's a good way um I'll close out our stream too to go for full circle is that the future is more Trump, more nationalism, more populism, more Trumpism. Um, it's, I think people, we got what we want in 16. Trump 
mostly delivered given all the circumstances. Like I was even just reading through the border wall Wikipedia page and the amount of times he got stopped and blocked from the day he stepped in the office and signed the executive order to build the wall till now with almost 500 miles of wall. It's remarkable. He got as much done as he did, um, like trying to go around them in every way possible, but People love what they got and they want more. They're hungry for more populism. And the future is more nationalism, more populism. Like it's going to go up. People want more of it, probably even some more extreme forms of it, especially after the four years we're going to experience now. So, really, and I've said this a million times, I'm going to keep saying it till it actually happens. You got to fix the Congress. You got to primary the rhinos with America first. Mega populist candidates gotta get them out that's the most important thing we need to do now is in those midterms is get these people out i know raheem kassam at national pulse um with steve bannon is working on something that we've talked about which is making a list of all of these establishment rhinos naming them shaming them exposing them to get them out and that's what we need to do like mitch McConnell needs to get primed. I that guy's a traitor. He's a big, massive traitor to the party. He needs to be removed. He's a disgrace. We need to be more aggressive. We need to organize better. We need to be smarter. I'm going to be doing stuff on my own with um, the help of friends and working with other people. Like I'm going to be working on this Uncensored America organization that, hopefully, when it's all said and done, has speaking events with when COVID's gone. And exciting events that are free speech, that are bringing back the voices that we want to hear, that people want to hear, and bring back sort of that populist culture war on colleges. I'm doing something. I hope everybody else is going to be doing something. I know it's going to be scary times because we're going to be purged. We're going to be censored. We're going to be, um, what's the fucking term, uh, persecuted like never before, but... I understand a lot of people are gonna have to keep their heads low, but you can still share shit. You can still email stuff, post stuff on Facebook, Twitter, share with your friends. You need to keep them informed because it's an information warfare. I mean, it's not physical warfare is stupid. Okay, it's to think that we're gonna be heading towards a civil war. Anything physical is a fantasy. You need to get out of it and focus on the information warfare. That thing at the Capitol, yeah, it accelerated information warfare and. Maybe there is a time and a place for physical confrontations, but like, let's be real. You know, getting involved that stuff's going to get you killed or locked up or poor for life and bankrupt. Yeah. So, focus on the information warfare to get rid of the cucks, pretty much. Purge the cucks with information warfare. That's my message. And everybody can do it. There's no excuse you can't do it. So, we got to get up. We, we're strong. We can do this. And just soldier forward. Yes. Yeah, alternatives. Sounds good. And also, you know, look, I know that, you know, people are saying that Gab is the go-to place right now. But also, I would highly encourage people to check out uh, Minds uh, as well. I just verified my channel over, over there. And, uh... Yeah, get on everything. Get on Telegram, get on Signal, get on Gab, get on minds you know whatever's out there get on it get familiar with it build your audiences if you're a public figure and and you know if you're just an ordinary joe like one of the best ways you can help is campaigning uh 
you know MAGA first can't local or at your state level, go door knocking for them. Like get out the vote. You know, we kind of do stuff. I I love what Scott Presler says, which is stop talking, start doing. And that's the attitude we need to have because that's what we did in 16. And we overcome the most immense odds, I think, in any campaign ever. I'm st- I was when we won 16 the day after. I really wasn't that shocked. I mean, it was surreal. I was loving it, but I, I thought it was going to happen. Looking back, seeing all the barriers we have, I'm more amazed today that we won up against all that. Yep. I am too. Real quick in the chat, uh, to Warfist1984 who says, I'm like as fuck. Uh, don't worry, uh, Warfist. You're really not that light because I started light because YouTube decided to, uh, you know, keep me from going live at 10 like I was supposed to. Uh, but I also guess the fights are on tonight, so that's why Apex didn't show up because he's watching the um, stream. Or the, yeah, he's watching the McGregor fights. I don't know. Not to change the subject, because if you want to add some of this, you can, but one th- other thing I was going to mention is that uh, Larry King passed away today. Oh, yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's actually in my show notes too. Um, well, I mean, it's. I mean, what I mean, what else can you say? Like him or hate him, he was an icon, and um, he, I, I, this, this is going to sound terrible, but he's. He's actually younger than I thought he was. Um, he was 87. I thought he was... I thought he was like in his 90s for some reason. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I was just checking the thing. I know I'm changing subjects again, but um, when Trump did his farewell speech, he not only was playing his typical like, Trump rally music, but... Um, I forget which which uh, song he played when he was coming on the stage, but when he was flying away, he had blasting on the speakers "My Way" by Frank Sinatra. Oh yeah, I, I yeah I saw that. Um, Fucking amazing. I um, you know, like "My Way" is one of those songs that like gets me emotional anyway. Just because it's like one, it's like one of those songs that does like it, it's, it's the one, it's the one guy song for guys that like will make, will make like you know the manliest man feel emotions right, and then you know just like the I I saw a kind of a commercial or like a video that someone put together of basically a, like a. Basically, like a montage of Trump's four years in office with yeah, with that. my way, and yeah. uh, I I have to admit, I may or may not have choked up. I I might not have because I'm a tough guy, but you yeah, know it's the feels. But you know, even even tough guys have to have feels sometimes. So. Oh no! I saw that video. I I remember watching that during the campaign. It was like a great reminder as to 
why I love the guy, why I love the movement, why I love the ideas, and why I love of what um we're doing, why I'm doing what I've been doing, and it's awesome. And he also played that song during his inaugural ball with Milano when they were dancing. That was the song he picked. Yeah, fucking perfect. And I've always liked that song, but I've grown to really love it. It's it's a beautiful song. Well, and, definitely Frank's one of his best. And Frank, uh, Frank was friends with uh, Reagan too. I heard I saw something when I was googling this, but I don't know if it's true. Apparently, Frank Sinatra hated Trump. Uh, I I've heard that, but then like. I've also heard in recent years like Hugh Hefner supposedly hated Trump, even though there are like literal photos of like Trump at the Playboy Mansion and you know, like them shaking hands and being like all buddy buddy. So you know, like I don't know, because yeah. because like they're all there are all these celebrities who are like well, I hate Trump, and it's like you go back twenty years and you can find a photo of him at like you know some dinner party or something, and they're you know they're chumming you know they're they're like clearly friends or something. I mean, and Trump is a, Trump is another perfect example of you find out who your real friends are pretty fast, right? Because you know, like. Before Trump entered politics, like, you know, when he, back, back when he was just a celebrity, like, everybody loved the guy, right? Like, yeah, he was a little goofy, but, like, no one, like, just the whole Trump, Trump derangement syndrome wasn't a thing. God. Well, uh, this a bit. And it comes from Nancy Sinatra, Frank's daughter. She does hate Trump publicly, and she claims her father did too. So that's where the claim's coming from. Yeah, well, same with same with Cooper Hefner and, and his father. It, it's like you know, it's like unless it comes from you know the person themselves, I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's some wonky shit. But, um, yeah, so that's where I think the movement is, though. And I think it's only going to get bigger and more ferocious and more powerful and more aggressive. I mean, ferocious in, like, a positive way. I mean, it's going to just get more feisty and people are going to be more eager to fight. Because once you have something... And when you lose it for a bit, it's like you get more amped up to fight. And I, I'll be honest, 2024 is going to be a weird election. Kind of like how the Democrats really didn't know who they were going to put up for 2020. I think we're going to end, end up in that same boat because Nikki Haley's going to run. She's terrible. She's not going to win. She's never going to become president. She's, she's going to be the new Jeb Bush. Will well, it, Trump himself run? I think it's still up in the air. Will a DeSantis run? Maybe. But I think if if a candidate's really smart, I think they need to wait till 2028, personally, I think. Could be wrong, but I think 2028 is when the pendulum's going to swing back completely. 
Well, and, and well, and that and like that's the other question too. Is like, um, you know, like, like I know we say this every time a Democrat gets into office, but like I've had, I've had listeners, um, and some people in this chat DM me, um with, like, concerns that we're not going to have anything left by the time, you know, 2024 is around. And, look, I like to try and be optimistic and say that, yeah, of course there will be, you know, something, you know, left. Of course, maybe we can, you know, win in 2024. But, you know, like, like like I said in your chat, like, it's only the first week and... It's already the first week of Biden's administration, and it's already been a shit week, and we're already going well, downhill. that happens with every president, because on their first 100 days, they try to do as many things as possible. Like, that's pretty typical. I mean, what's disappointing, of course, is he's reversing some big things, like he's stopping the wall from going any further. But I tend to, I do agree with you in some ways, because... Alex Jones went off on a rant the other day that's been going viral where he's like, it's over, folks. It's gone. They're they're taking they're taking your bank accounts, they're gonna shut down your power, you know, they're taking everything. And I think what's gonna happen is you're right. <laughs> There's not gonna be much left. They're gonna take a lot. They're not just gonna take the bank accounts away from Donald Trump and all these, you know, public figures. They're gonna take away from average joes and i think it's going to hit such a low and they're going to go very power hungry and they're going to go so far over the next four to eight years that probably in eight years i unless it really accelerates and it's four years because a lot can change like keep that mind a lot can change but it's going to hit that time in four or eight years where people are going to want I don't want to say a fascist, but like a really authoritarian right winger, a real authoritarian nationalist populist on the right. And it's going to make Trump look like a baby in terms of like how aggressive they are. Yeah. Like Bolsonaro in Brazil. Brazil went through like years of left wing uh, politicians and then boom, they elect a super authoritarian, in my opinion, too extreme uh, right winger. But in America, few years, think Bolsonaro might not look so extreme. Well, and well, and see that, and see that's that's the other. That is the one concern I do have is like they keep pushing, and and Gavin Gavin McGinnis has brought this up before, and yes. Yes, Carl from Game of Secret and Kings. I I know you're watching, you communist faggot. But um, yeah, we have we have we have one commu- we have one communist who loves to harass me. Um, he he never pops in chat, but I know I know you're watching, Carl. At some point, at some point, the right is is going to get so fed up. That like people are eventually gonna say that I don't think it's gonna be my generation or our generation 
gone, but I think the next generation is going to get so sick of the you're a Nazi, you're a, you know, you're a bigot, you're a whatever, that they'll just say, okay, fuck it. We are. Like, you you may, and you're already starting to see that with, like, some of the more extreme, I don't want to say extreme, but, like, you know, people like Nick, Nick Fuentes. Like, Nick Fuentes, he has moderated a bit, you know, as he's gotten older, but, like, you know, think think of it, like, there are gonna be there are gonna be kids out there that make him look, you know, normal. Like, yeah, I, I, it's actually interesting because while I think mainstream appeal of people going like "fuck it, yeah, I guess I am X, Y, and Z awful things," I don't think that'll happen. But what I do think will happen is, like you said, people can make, and I'm feeling it like. I follow Nick a lot closer now, and he's grown on me. I think you were going to look at him and be like, yeah, that's not extreme. That's not radical. And it's already happening. But I think you're going to see other people pop up that people are going to think are extreme. And they're not, you know, they are actually going to be extreme. And Nick will be the moderate. Uh, but I, I think this populism wave is just, it's going to go in an interesting direction because it, it's getting so divisive. Like, there's no unity. There's no healing. There's no coming back together. Not anytime soon. So I, I think we are going to enter a very interesting phase. And moderates always do win, but I think you might get an election where you have an AOC who is definitely going to run one of these days. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And has a good chance of winning, will run against somebody that's more extreme on the right. And you'll have an election with maybe low participation, but a turnout that one of these people's in. may not be what the, most of the country actually wants, but one of them will win. And you can have an AOC versus Matt Gates, AOC versus DeSantis, AOC versus somebody we don't know that's actually extreme. So it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. No, a- a- AOC is definitely not going to go away. Whether or not she... No, she's only going to grow. She's an uns- She is one of their best... Um, uh, I guess you could say communicators. She's one of their best weapons that they hate. Like, they, the, the establishment hates her, but she's effective. She knows how to play the game. She knows how to play the culture war. She knows how to... Um, you know, get into the information warfare. Well, and, you know, as much as I, as much as I hate to say it, like, Biden is actually pretty moderate, you know, as far as Democrats go comparatively. I think him, him consciously, yes. It'll just be interesting to see how people manipulate him to do more radical things. Yeah, well, I mean... That that's that's the great thing about having a that's the great thing about having a guy with partial dementia and uh, you know, maybe early on to Alzheimer's in the White House is you know, he's basically a sock puppet at this point. A, a very powerful sock puppet, but a sock puppet nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. We we might have another tea party sweep. 
this midterm in 2022. Because the Tea Party sweep, that was one of the biggest, you know, gains in midterm history. It was with the Tea Party. Way bigger than that blue oh, yeah. wave we saw in 18. Now, I mean, when, when, the, when the Tea Party wave happened, let, let me see. I was only, like, like, this show was still relatively new when the Tea Party happened. And it was... Like, you want to talk about the glory days? Like, for me, those were... That was kind of wave one of my glory days, so to speak. Wave, wave two was in 2016 and 2017. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Tea Party wave of 2011 when Andrew Breitbart was around, those were mm-hmm. those, those were the fucking rock star days. I remember, too, because I was, I mean, the first president I really remember was Obama. I remember watching his version in fifth grade, and I remember the Tea Party. I remember the Obama some posters where they made him look like the Joker, and I remember Sarah Palin. I remember all that shit, and I remember thinking, you know what? Because I always was like, said, oh, I'm an independent, and it's like, yeah, it sounds pretty gay now, but I was like, you have an independent, both parties suck, man. But it's true. I mean, like even today, I still really believe both parties, the establishment, suck. And I liked, I remember thinking, seeing the Tea Party people, I'm like, you know what? I like that. Th- those people I agree with. Like, these are the people. I love this shit. Like, I'm seeing their signs. Illegals go home. Feds, do your job. No more illegals. And that was one of the big things I latched onto as illegal immigration because I felt it was the dumbest thing. Um, that we were doing as a country. So the Tea Party was like the prologue to Trump. Yeah, there were things before like Ross Perot and Pat Buchanan, but the Tea Party was like the first major prologue. And Trump spoke at Tea Party events. Like he, he knew what was going on. And that was the real prologue. I mean, Trump is just chapter one. Like this is the populism wave finally starting up. And I love it. I love populism. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. No, I I just honestly what I what I like, like I said, I I love the fact that Trump just loved to fuck with the media uh, and whatnot because at, at the at the end of the day, like I've 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 got to tell I've got to tell you guys a secret. Okay, it's it's my my deep dark dark secret that people have kind of heard before, but um, my secret is I'm not really a political guy. I'm not. I'm more of like a pop culture guy. I'm more of a nerd who, uh, you know, I used to just like to joke around with my friends and tell jokes and make politically incorrect, you know, jokes and talk about, you know, uh, boobs and chicks and all the stuff that you do when you're in middle school and high school. And then as soon as like the, and I mean, my friends and I would also like rag on each other all the time. Like, you know, we, we call each other faggot and, like, you know, 
yeah, and been, you know, retarded and like, you know, my friends would always give me a hard time for, you know, they'd call me a cripple and like I would even roast myself sometimes and you know, like just harmless stuff. But as soon as like the as soon as like, I've noticed it started to get like really bad when I was like in eighth grade, like right as Obama was starting to run with like the whole oh you can't say that anymore. Like, you know, when they start to coming after like jokes and just like, you know, just like middle school kids being like normal, I was like, okay, what is up? Like, I didn't do anything, right? And so I started to like look into more of like why people were acting so weird and, um, you know, I started to kind of discover what cultural Marxism was, and that was what happened. I mean, political correctness is cultural Marxism, and it does, you know, happen. And that was kind of when I started to wake up and realize, okay, this is not just political anymore. This is also coming into the culture, and I need to do something about it. So, I fucking did. Mm-hmm. And that's how, right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I, I mean, now that I'm, now that I'm in it, I kind of enjoy politics somewhat. But at the end of the day, I, I still hate politics. Um. You know, but that's where we, that's where we are now. Like now, the culture war is basically like indistinguishable from politics now too mm-hmm. and i mean you being a few years younger than than me i mean it's even more prominent for you than it is for me isn't it yeah i mean it feels like culture and politics are intertwined now and fuse not too long ago there was a separation i mean there was definitely definitely political influence and culture without doubt it always has been it's like the line has just been erased completely and it's only getting worse and i mean i felt the same way too when i was younger when i was you know hearing that people couldn't tell certain jokes or things were offensive you can't say that i mean that sort of shit always bothered me like saying you can't say something always bothers me it's it's wrong it's anti-american it's against the first amendment i mean go on and on and I, I was reading some stuff Milo was posting in his Telegram chat. One of the things I agreed yet disagreed with him on was he was saying, like, oh, I get all these people from tours uh, that I did still talking about free speech. And he was saying, like, that's a 10-year-old issue. Like, we've all moved on. Like, why are you still talking about this? And I get him on that because, yes, kind of is. But, I, I look, I was a college student for, like, not too long long ago and to me free speech is still an extremely relevant issue because it's kind of worse and people think we lost that battle i i don't really buy that i don't think the battle is really over i think we won the 16 battle i think the new battles with tech censorship with this more authoritarian sort of uh, censorship like with the my pillow guy with, with well private companies uh being authoritarians and anti-free speech and on campuses it's still rampant because there's still a lot of things you get you're told you can't do a lot of things get shut down like 
yeah, the spark is gone from all that stuff, but it's still a big thing. And I know, I mean, students still hate it and they, they really are upset about it. Like I, I feel for them. I think that grievance is still really relevant. It still really needs to be heard. Well, the thing that's, the thing that's a big problem now is the fact that like now people are going back in in like uh you know getting people in trouble for shit that you said 10 years ago yeah, you know cancel and, culture yeah and i mean yeah we bitch about cancel culture a lot here on this show but it really is a problem because i mean i'll I'll admit i I have said some pretty stupid shit in the past, and I I still do on on occasion. But like, especially when I was fifteen and I started this show, like I will I will fully admit that you know there's like I'm sure even now when I turn you know thirty like five years from now, I'm sure there's stuff that I'll say you know I'll look back on and be like. How, you know, what was I thinking at 25? I was so naive. Like, people change over time and they grow. Um, you know, and just because you said something when you were like 15 or even you're in your 20s doesn't mean you should be canceled at like 30 or 40. Um, you know? Yeah. And I think the free speech bows has evolved from political correctness and trigger warnings to uh cancel culture and tech big tech censorship hey man I, i'm gonna uh, need to using some next all right yeah i'm gonna turn off the stream in a second yep, see you man uh but yeah last thing i'll say to sam is that i think um to tap on to all of that that uh, shoot, I had a thought out slipping my mind. That's when you know it's getting late. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... We'll we'll wrap up here in a bit, too. We're, we've been going for a little over two hours, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I think, um... I think that we need to reignite the culture for one of the campuses and get back in the fight again, which I've been trying to do, and I have been doing for uh quite a few years i mean all the time i was on campus really but it needs to we need that 16 energy oh i know i was gonna remember gamergate i don't know how much you know about that or were involved with that but that was something i kind of heard about i I was a little on the young side then yeah Uh, that was before i was really into internet culture and that's something looking back on it that was really really big what well, I rem- I remember when Gamergate ha- happened, like, I was kind of done with, like, I still game, but, like, at that point, like, at that point, the podcast had really kind of taken over, so, like, you know, yeah, my- that's kind of why I wasn't involved with it either, was that I'd kind of tuned out of the gaming community after yeah. I'd gotten busy and i really wasn't involved with that stuff as much but that was something that was like the first real win against the sjw's in the culture war i was more involved with like comics gate which technically is still going on and yep i mean 
comics gate had it has really evolved more into like culture gate with the whole again going back to you know gina carano you know getting canceled like that's just the latest thing um and you know what like like that's one thing i will say like i'm glad that i'm glad that the nerds are finally starting to uh you know stand up to the s to the sjw's like like good on like good on the nerds man so. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of where I come from. Is like I'm very, very it's, that's what's so weird about GamerGate. It's like it, it was it sh- that was something. If I was still a gamer at the time, because I'm now a born again gamer, um, I would totally be into that. Sh- I told that'd be like, like my, my Bible. You know, that'd be everything. That would just, I mean, it'd be like the perfect storm for me to be in, and it. It's, it's 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 a lot. Of it's like you know, I don't really fit into a lot of these groups, but like it's some of these a lot of these people are my type of people. Like these sort of like nerdy people, but we're like cool nerds. We're into games. We're into movies. We're into politics. We're into all kinds of philosophy and books and Star Wars and things that you know a lot of people kind of like, but not to love what we do sort of thing. No, and I mean. And I mean, that's the other thing is now they're starting to come for the, uh, you know, the the comic book reviewers on YouTube as well. Like, uh, oh, shit. Like Dave, like Dave Cullen from Computing Forever. Like he used to be a, he used to be a nerd, you know, he used to be like a tech guy exclusively. And then he went into politics and they took his, they took his YouTube channel down completely um they're trying to go after nerd erotic and he's like a he's actually like a pretty popular like comics job owner in california mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i i wouldn't it'd be interesting to see if we have another gamergate type thing come up because that yeah. exposed a lot of the you know the what we now call the fake news media there were game developers sleeping with game journalists to get better reviews or a lot of fake reviews also that i think it was called depression quest yeah depression quest from zoe quinn getting these like outstanding reviews for like a shit game and then all these people uh that were exposing this were getting called sexist and racist and transphobes and whatever phobes they come up with at the time uh, for exposing all this, and these were the game developers calling that the game critics, the journalists, game journalists, and it was pretty bad. And there were, I know, a lot of threats made, a lot of bomb threats. It was pretty crazy, but it it was like the first like major like uh, you know curtain being pulled open of the media of the uh video game like yeah the fake news media in general yeah well the well there's an there's a new term that's coming about called the uh that i like personally called the fandom menace not the not yes not the phantom menace but the but the fandom menace because like in terms of hollywood like you know we're getting sick of all the hot of like all of this politically correct stuff invading our fan culture. And like, I will, I will admit like I didn't want to out 
people here, but I I definitely know that like I'm pretty sure that John Favreau voted, you know, has voted conservative a few times, and you know, Dave Filoni kind of looks like a hippie, but looks can be deceiving, and they gave us mm. like they gave us Luke Skywalker in the form that like we all. We all wanted. He he gave us he gave us like our hero back, essentially. You know, like that. That's why, you know, instead of like cucked, you know, uh, soy boy Luke, they gave us actual Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian, which is all people wanted. Um, and mm -hmm. you know, you get more creators like that, and. We'll eventually win this thing. Yeah, I mean, I think Favreau has participated in anti-Trump stuff, so I don't know how he really aligns, but I don't think he's radical in any way. No. It, I don't think he's an SJW, let me put it that way. Well, and and look, here's the other thing, like I don't I don't mind if I don't mind if you're a liberal. I've said that too. Like I don't mind liberals. I don't mind Democrats per se. I what I hate are leftists and SJWs. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't want to necessarily sound like Dave Rubin because you know he's kind of cocked. Oh, but so left. But I I, <laughs> I wish, I wish that there were more Dave Rubens out there that weren't as like square that like kind of like tim pool is is an example of it like i know people call him a fence sitter but like if there were more if there were more liberals who were like open to having conversations and like having actual dialogues we wouldn't be in the mess we are today for sure mm -hmm. i agree because it, it really is a problem from one side like yeah it is. Like, if anybody's going to be honest, that's how you got to look at it. But, but I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you, Sam, yeah. as always, for hopping in. Oh, no problem. Thanks for uh, thanks for sticking on with my uh, you know stream. And we still did a two-hour show despite the uh, technical difficulties, so... Uh, I'm going to try and figure out what's going on with YouTube so that we can start at 10 p.m. like we're supposed to next week. But in the meantime, uh, John, what, you know, you, we both have about a million channels right now, now because of the whole, you know, thing. So where do people follow you at? On YouTube, you look up Versa Media. That's where we are. Twitter at Versa News Media. Gab, I think it's at first or at first media, but you know, you'll you'll figure it out when you see the eye of horse with the red background, like on our YouTube channel. Links are all in our description. I believe Sam's are automatically put in there as well. Mm -hmm. So y'all can check that out. And of course, also sub Sam. Also at Sean at Sean Smanko on Minds as well. And, and uh and Twitter. Yep, and at Sean Smanko. <laughs> Yep, um, on Gab and at Sam at Sam Whitfield on both Minds and Gab, and also I'm verified as well on nice. those two platforms. 
So I think I have enough of those tokens to get verified on mine. So I think I'll do that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll give Gabs some money to do it. It's it's worth it just because like I actually have like one of the problems I I ran into during the whole uh you know war with uh you know that dude's clan or whatever um owen's mm. clan was they actually did make they actually did make fake accounts of me and like you know try oh, and shit. so that's and i and that's kind of when i learned oh that's why verification <laughs> exists so yep. and that and, that's right and that's why twitter's model is so you know it's shit because like even smaller youtuber even smaller accounts get you know parodied and uh you know mocked and whatnot so verification should be legit but uh right i recommend it too and my personal account they just threw out there like that's where i give all my personal opinions for anybody that's interested or yeah keep you than any personal projects i'm doing i use it more because the versa thing i try to keep more just for the channel and telling people we're streaming so if you want to follow everything you can watch follow one of the other you know whatever you guys want to do but there will be some big announcements uh related to me if 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 big if if covid is gone by the fall and things are resuming normal on campuses there's going to be some action um on some particularly big campuses. So if you want to stay tuned for that, please follow me. Sounds good. Well, folks, from all of us here at NGC Studios, have a good night. God bless. God save the great nation. God freedom legacy in that order. And uh, hang in there, folks. We only have... Mm-hmm. We only have... Th- God. We only have three more years until... <laughs> 2024. Uh, yeah, we can make it. One day at a time, folks. One day at a time. All right. We're out. <laughs>